This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. My name is Sydney. My name is Monique. <laughs> <laughs> I am Monique. And I am Sydney. And today's conversation is going to be about what, Daddy? Tell him, my love. Do you have a hard time giving and receiving love? Do we have a hard time? Is it a struggle for us to receive love and it is a struggle for us to give love? And I think that this conversation is necessary and needed because I can be one of those people. I can be one of those people that can have a hard time Receiving it and giving it, though I believe I know what the word love means, mm -hmm. you know, but when when we first got together, it was really hard for me to understand what love was. And it was extremely challenging for me initially because I was so used to being combative and it was easier for me to argue than to talk. It was easier for me to walk away than to deal with it. And I didn't understand. It took me some time to understand I was being loved and not being attacked. Gotcha. Because I can slip into in a minute, I can slip into if Cindy and I having a conversation and he's saying some real shit to me, true, real, historic, all that. I can go into shutdown mode and feel like, why are you attacking me? And I remember one time when, when we had that conversation, and he's like, I'm not attacking you. I'm loving you. And if you say to me, because I've said to him on several occasions, yo, I got a problem with this. And please, when you see it, bring it to my attention because I don't want to be that. I don't want to be this elderly woman that's bitter and angry and can't figure out why because I've taken that from a little girl up to now I'm a teenager up to now I'm 20 up to now I'm 30 up to now I'm in my 40s and I can find myself I've gotten better if I, if I can say so you can say so it's okay. your mouth baby no, get it say it go tell her Rody. I've gotten better but there are yeah. times I can still struggle with it and I said to Sid I said daddy the other day I said listen I know I'm not unique I know I'm not unique in going through this and I get a chance to see it up close and personal every weekend I go out on that road I get a chance to see it just with us I get a chance to see it and I get a chance to see sometimes those yesterday's hurts it's still in today. And for me, I, I can only speak for me. For me, sometimes I have a hard time accepting the fact that I'm being loved and not attacked, especially when I know what you're saying to me is real. And I have a I have a challenging time sometimes when it's done to me. And I'll go into. But you ask me and I'll give you all an example. One time my mom and I were having a conversation and I was telling my mom some things that, you know, we were sharing with each other what we saw in each other. And what I shared with her was, you know, some things that I've seen as a little girl. And she said, listen, when you see me going through that, please pull me up and say it's happening. You're doing it. OK, now we're going to slow it down for a second. I've said to Sid. 
when you see me dealing with that, please stop me in my tracks and pull me up. Now, I still haven't gotten all the way to the place where it can happen right in the moment and I can say, I got it. It still might take me about 10, 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> Depending upon the situation or a day or two. Oh, Daddy, it takes me. T- it depends upon what it is. Yeah. It depends upon what it is. Yeah. But having having a hard time in the moment of I'm not being attacked, I'm being loved. So we wanted to have this conversation today and talk to the sisters and the brothers that's out there. Are you dealing with that? Are you dealing with how do I accept unconditional love in something that we ask for? You know what I'm saying? Like, And when you oftentimes have a tough time giving, or should I say receiving love, you oftentimes have a tough time giving it because to receive it, In some people's mind, and everyone has a different reason for why they go through what it is that they go through. There's no one reason. However, a lot of times it has to do with if I give something, what can be the negatives of me being vulnerable to this person, sharing um, my insecurities, sharing um, my Hopes, my dreams, oftentimes people say you should only tell your goals to individuals that are interested in your goals, not to just anyone. And that makes sense on some levels, but what it also does is it produces a fear, or should I say this guarded thing about us that we don't want people to know who we are, what we want. And you'd be surprised that sometimes if you share what it is that you want, the like minds that be may be near you or who may be able to help you. But with that said, when you're in a relationship to be able to tell somebody about your vulnerabilities that um, and what you want, oftentimes people think that what's the ulterior motive? I don't want someone to have something over me. If if we get into a dispute again, they can bring this up against me. And in our conversations that we've had, people think that you're attacking them because you're bringing up what's transpired in the past, not realizing that it's because what you're doing has transpired in the past that you're giving them things that have transpired in the past. Because what person do you know that can... um speak to something without giving you a point of reference as to why they're speaking to you about it. And then when you start speaking with that person about it, it's difficult for them to say, this is me acting like Mm. this. I can't believe that I'm getting caught. I'm very, I'm very aware of seeing someone else when they're doing it, but it's hard for me to see it when I'm doing it to someone else. So that day or so comes in with your conscious mind saying, I can drop my ego well, I can continue on with this uh, facade, but I'm in a quandary with my myself because this person is no longer around. And that's kind of the litmus test when you may have gone to the left. When you're at a quandary with yourself, you know you're not right, but you're going to hold on to your wrong like you were right. So now how do you give love under those sets of circumstances when you can't even receive it? You know, someone just said, I can't love at all because I trust no one. And I understand that. I understand that. And, you know, there were some conversations there that we have, I don't want to say all the time, but there's time we have to have refresher conversations just so that I know I have my sanity. But I know I told Sid, I said, Daddy, I said, I don't think my brother realized how much he molded me. Like, that cat really molded me to the woman I am today because being molested and being in that volatile situation, it made me say nobody and nothing. I don't care what it is. They will never violate me again. And it made me not have a trust because when it did happen and then your parents don't do anything and it gets swept under the carpet and it's as if it never took place. And then you have this, you grow up in a space of nobody will ever hurt me again. So I think that's what slips into that love and being love. Because I, I'll speak for me. I can get so caught up in what you're gonna take from me, what you what, like what, 
at the end of the day, what are you going to take from me? So maybe I don't say everything because I think that, okay, something's going to, I'm going to get violated. Something's going to be taken from me until, and I, I read what somebody said, I didn't know love until I got with my husband. Until I started being loved in a way, and not just being loved from my best friend, but loved in a way where it was so patient and so understanding. And that's why I think I get frustrated with me sometimes when I'm faced with it with somebody else. And I'm like, you can't have the, the patience and understanding that you're given because you know that you have to have conversations repeatedly sometimes before you get it. And being out there on that road and looking into the eyes of women and it's like, I hope today is not your last day because if it is, how will you leave? And, and, and women and men are, are dealing with the receiving and giving love aspect of it because at the end of the day, we as human beings have to consider that we have a expiration date in the capsule that we call our bodies while we're here. And as strong as we want to be, no one is um, able to avoid this thing that people will view as your death when mm. you're here on this plane. So if you're going to live to the fullest, sometimes you have to be most vulnerable because you're really living and you're really experiencing what it is to put yourself in a position to be loved by entrusting someone and knowing in your spirit that if they betray your trust, the energy that you have with inside of you is strong enough to overcome that situation and be open enough to be loved again if you find yourself in a position because love should not be predicated on how loving someone treats you or not. Love should be much like a volcano inside. It does not matter what the elements are outside. Inside of that volcano is hot as hell. Inside of you, if there is love, it does not matter what someone else does because that love is strong enough to accept that they, they betrayed your trust and accept that this is a part of life and to accept the fact that who the hell are we that we should somehow avoid this pain, this hurt. There is a message, there is a lesson in that information, in that experience. And the biggest key is when we overcome it and still remain happy and somehow fight through it and still are able to love, still are able to receive love, what relevance did that person have that affected you? And it is not me and it's not the husband and it's not the wife that came into your life that made you change. It was you that changed. They may have been a catalyst because they shown you a reason to change, but you had to accept what it was that you were seeing as being a reason to change. And we are the creator of our reasons to do and or to not do. So we can create a reason why we should be more loving. We, should, we can have that epiphany if we think about it deeply enough and or we can create in our minds the reasons why we should not love and or trust anybody. We're talking about it today, y'all. Why is it hard for us to love and be loved? And sometimes you'll hear people say, because I know I used to say it all the time, I love me. I love me not understanding what I was saying. Not even taking the time out to understand, well, why is it that you love you? Because 90% of the time that we see you, you fucked up about something. So why is it, what is it about you that says, I love me? What is it about you that says, you know what, I really don't dig me? And I think those are the conversations we oftentimes run from because we've never been addressed with it. Mm -hmm. And we've never been faced with it. And, and something else, Daddy, you, you asked me, and I had to think about it. And when I thought about it, it makes me go, wow, but I know I'm not unique because you asked me, you said, how many nice people were you raised around? Just nice, just nice, genuine people. And when I thought about that, when I thought about when you say nice, I think about somebody. I'm going to say like my Aunt Betty. Mm -hmm. My Aunt Betty will just call for nothing. 
Hey, girl, I'm just checking on you. What's going on? If you go over a house, hey, baby, what you want? Whenever you see it, she was just so full of love. And even now, knowing what her journey was, and she had a hell of a journey. But every time you saw her, even as a little girl, she was just nice on purpose. That's the only person I can say throughout my family that I know of that was nice on purpose. Even my grandmother, Mimi, and that was my baby. That was my baby. But when I got a chance to see my grandmother on a daily basis, being nice was a struggle for her. Just being nice. One day, my mom and I were at a fish market. And I didn't notice it, and I take notice now to a lot of things because I see me struggling with it. And I have to say, how do my children view me? How's my husband seeing me? How's the people that I'm around viewing me? Because there was a time I never even considered how you saw me. It's just me. So what you think? Okay. We at the fish market, and I watched something that made me go, please, don't let me be that. And if I am that, let the people around me be courageous enough to say, hey, well, we're in the fish market, and it's packed. It's the holiday time, and I'm watching a little guy behind a little counter, baby. He doing all he can, okay? And people yelling out the fish orders, and they got the numbers. Give me some of that. Give me. So my mother has her number. She's like, ah, when are you going to get over here? Now, there was a time I would have felt the same way. When are you going to get over here? But as I'm watching this young man do the best he can, and I'm watching my mother. And I'm watching my mother become more and more irritated as if we're the only ones in the fish market and he's ignoring us. But I'm looking at my mother like, do you see this? It's it's packed. So now you're getting irritated. Now we got my nieces with us. So now we're all watching the matriarch be nasty on purpose because nobody did anything to you. And again, there was a time I could watch it and be like, yeah, when you going to get your ass over here? But now it's saying that's a lot of energy to put out. Now, I remember a lot of those incidences as a child with just the family, period. Aunts, uncles, grandparents, mother, father. I watched people be irritated quickly. So that's what I knew. I can no longer make an excuse for it. I'm 48 years old. But I watched that. And you say to yourself, how do we learn how to love? How do we learn how to receive love? It's taught. That's not something that we just automatically pick up. It is taught. So now at 48 years old to still have a struggle, and it is, it can still be challenging for me. It can still be challenging. Man, you and I talked the other day, Tommy, and we was laughing, but it's some real shit. We like, listen, we can sit down and, and think of some shit. Oh, yeah. Just. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, I have like three, four conversations within myself. But what I figured, what I found out is I'm comfortable in struggle. I'm, I'm, that's my most comfortable space. Mm-hmm. It's like I come alive. It's like something happens where I just jump into the mode of saying, let's get out. Mm-hmm. But when things is calm and things is good, I got a problem with that. And I, and I, I, but I'm noticing that about me. Mm-hmm. Because it was times when, even when it was time when you didn't want me to come over, I would fit, try to figure out in my mind why not. What did I? But do? I'm gonna make it an issue so mm-hmm. I can be able to be justified by it, so that I can feel like, oh, this is this is it, this is what's going on. But what I'm realizing is, what is it about you, and what what is it that? Maybe I don't know the definition of what it, what's the real definition of what it means to be in a loving place or a peaceful place. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And, and you said a moment ago that love is something that's taught. It can be something that's taught, but also something that's learned. And I think mm-hmm. more learned than taught because... I didn't, growing up, we're in a time now where it seems that people have a difficult uh, time having someone share with them about them and about life. When I was growing up, I noticed early on in my life that people didn't share with you. 
people wouldn't tell you certain things, but when you made a mistake, they looked at you as if you were supposed to know. And then you wonder, well, where were you supposed to get this lesson from to know? So it made me say, since people don't tell you things, it is important that you become an observer, a, a very cognizant observer of things around you. But in addition to that, it allows you to um, say to yourself, when someone does take the time out to provide you with information, you should listen, even to the individuals that may later on when you verify what it is that they said that it was incorrect. But when someone takes the time out to have a conversation, especially someone that you trust, especially someone that you see how they maneuver themselves within the course of their lives and you see a level of smoothness, a level of finesse in which they exhibit their lives and the way people receive them, you can appreciate the words of wisdom that they're given. But oftentimes we are resistant to learning. We are resistant as if we were supposed to know all the answers and are reluctant to saying, um, this person helped me out with this. I received this information. Though you have to do the work, they they gave you some information, and it's as if we take an additional pride by saying, ain't no one helped me out. I got this. I, I did this all by myself. And if you make it to a place in your life where you are considered to yourself to be successful and you say you did it all by yourself, one of two things. You should be ashamed of yourself or it tells you the type of person that you are, that you're so unobservant, that you think you've done it all yourself. There's no one in this world that can attain anything of any value isolated. You, you, you just can't. Unless you just want to work in the wilderness, you live in Alaska, you by yourself, <laughs> and you go hunting, you go get your bed, you go, and it's all yourself, you did it yourself. But in a normal uh, metropolis, a society that we live in where uh, your business is not just you by yourself. It's predicated on people buying your services. It's predicated on you going to work. It's being that that's the case, if someone is sharing with you how to be productive in what it is that you're doing, listen. And love can come from some very strange places. Love doesn't necessarily have to come from your husband. It doesn't have to come from your wife. It can come from the person that was at the store working at the counter in front of you, but you don't realize they gave you love. You just said that that was nice. These are the things in much like those electric, electric cars where you go and you power up. When you're operating highly or you're operating at a high level, any form of kindness should recharge your battery so that the the negativity that you experience, it doesn't wear it away. It doesn't wear it down. And we have to be dependent upon ourselves. Again, I don't want to knock anyone's religion because I just saw someone said, you pray to God on those people and he'll get those people back for you. And here's the thing. You've been given all that you've needed, which is you. And if you learn how to operate you, if you learn how to focus on you and refuse, re I refuse to allow anyone to get me upset today, regardless of whatever. I refuse. If you do that one day and then you just say, I'm going to do that today. And then tomorrow comes and you just say, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And you just look at one day at a time. You'd be surprised what happens because Repetition brings on retention, and if you keep doing the same thing and it's positive, we know we do this, the same thing and it's negative, what's going to happen? But what if we start doing things that are positive? So regardless of what transpires in your life, whether it's molestation, whether it is the worst of the worst, if you made it through it, there's a message for you in making it through it. And you can say, you know how someone says, I am 40 years old. I'm 50 years old. But they want you to say, damn, you look like you're 20. <laughs> but you see him and you be like, shit, you look like you're about 50 to me. You look Ow. about right. Or you, shit, you look like you're about 60. Okay. But you're saying you're 40. It's like when people tell you or if you were to tell your story about what happened to you, 
you should live your life in a way that whatever tragedies transpired in your life, they would look at you and say, I would have never known that mm, by dealing with you versus I can tell something happened. I just didn't know what it was. You know, um, and TJ, we're going to get you, baby. We don't want you to think we're ignoring you. We, we keep seeing uh, what you're putting up there. Um, you know something I have a, a hard time with, too? And, again, I know I'm not unique. My daddy can say nine beautiful things to me, nine of them. He can tell me, I, I like the way you do this, 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 and this. But the one that, the one thing he tells me that I need to work on, that's the one thing I'll hold on to. I'll box it up. I'll package it up. And then he'll say, did you hear anything else that I said? You gravitated to, listen, you got to work on this. But did you hear me say, I appreciate the way you did this. I love the way you did that. The bo- and then I'll say to myself, you dumbass. You dumbass. You're going to gravitate to the one thing. And what he's saying is true. It ain't like he ain't saying it, that. I'm like, well, that's you pulling it out the air. No, he's so right on the nail with it. However... All the beautiful things that were said. And even the one thing that I think wasn't beautiful was really beautiful because it was somebody saying, God damn it, I love you so much. I want to tell you the real shit because if not, somebody else might give it to you, baby, and they won't give it to you sweetly. They won't give it to you gently. They won't give it to you with love. They're going to give it to you just like you're giving it to them. Do you want to match you? See, I know when I'm at my worst, I don't want to meet me walking down the street. I know that. Because I couldn't deal with her. So if you're out, if you're one of those people and you're listening right now and you're saying, can I deal with me? Real shit. Real talk. When I'm by myself and I'm looking in the mirror and the person looking back, what conversation are we really having? Because the ones that I have to really have, some of them take me to my knees. Some of them make me say, am I that? And the bitch looking back is like, bitch, y- y- yes. How many times are we going to have to have this conversation? And I'll say, I hope so many times that the one time I look and you look back, you can say, God damn it, you got it. I don't ever want to give up on it. And someone a while back had said, um, I believe, when to your comment, Tommy, in reference to it being abnormal, that you would be, uh, to paraphrase, more comfortable with being in distress about something than when something is going along smoothly. And I think with people, when they really have these type of discussions, they'll find that that is way more normal than the abnormal because sometimes when we take collection of our day and there's nothing wrong, we begin to itemize what is wrong. We know it's something, <laughs> but shit just seemed like, but I forgot what it was. And then you go that and then you look for it. But we, we, you got to do the same thing for the things that make you happy because this is a finite amount of time we have and that the individuals that we're dealing with on a regular basis, um, when we leave out of the house, it doesn't mean that we're going to see them again when we say, I see you a little later. Mm. That doesn't that doesn't really mean that. That's just something that we hope. And then you not seeing them later, how do you want to leave it? How do you want to leave people with knowing you? When you leave this earth, the people that you love, if you're lucky enough to have somebody that you love and you're lucky enough to have somebody to love you, what do you want them to say about you? And hopefully, I mean, for myself, it's real simple, that while I was around, I was more of a help than a hindrance. And if you miss a nigga a little bit while he gone, I miss you too. And that's all I can ask for. But at the end of the day, to get life when I don't remember standing in line waiting for it, to, to, to get an opportunity to exist and experience what we get to experience on a daily basis, I don't remember the job app that I had to fill out for this opportunity. And every day that we get is an opportunity for you to see who you are. But typically, we're looking to see how everybody else is. 
not realizing that it doesn't matter how everyone else is going to be as long as you know what you're going to do with your day. If you're going to be a jerk with your day and you approach me and you're a jerk with your day, I'm sure there's a reason for it, and I want to be empathetic towards that reason. Mm -hmm. And what happens is when you see individuals, it's a mind-blowing thing to be in a situation where you know someone is presenting you with something negatively, and then you still approach them cordially, and you ask them to explain why it is you're approaching me in that way. Is everything okay with you? But not in a way that is insincere, like, is something wrong with your ass? But sincerely, like... Is something wrong? And then all of a sudden you see the shell break down because you showed them kindness in the midst of them expecting a battle because what they wanted was a battle, but you you gave them kindness, and in the midst of that, they begin not to have a fight. What was the young lady a couple of weeks ago? She was saying uh, Kaepernick was a half-breed, and the, the room got on her like, that ain't right, that ain't what you say, and whatever, and she came back and she said, you know what, I'm wrong. That... Someone could construe her initially as being some bad person, but what she was was an individual who made a bad decision to make a comment and that her conscience, she had one because when people began to share their opinions, what did she say? And you can't see these people sending these comments. They, you can't be, but they can see them. And mm. it's their conscience that made her the weight of it because she has to walk through our day knowing that a room full of people who never saw her felt this way. And now you have to address your thinking. So on a, on a daily basis, we need to address our thinking and say, and be mindful. Like my grandmother used to say to me, boy, don't ever leave out the house. looking raggedy. Don't ever, you ain't never seen grandma leave out the house looking around. I don't care if I'm walking down to the corner store. You better not leave out the store. And when you see people, you smile and you say hello because it don't cost you five cents. And you build on that and you say you better not let nobody see you being impolite. You better not let nobody see you in a way in which you can't must up a smile when you're talking to somebody. You, you upset about what? You, you brighten up a room by simply leaving it? That's what you want to do? So when we start thinking about all of what we don't have, now we're sitting around negative. But when we start thinking about all that we do have, and again, you see people that we would construe as having absolutely nothing, how are they happy? Oh, how are they happy? How is that? Because it's a state of mind. How are they loving? How are they open to receiving despite the countless beatings? Despite Because they still have a spirit to be loving and they choose to indulge in love with that spirit and not be victims to what can happen to anyone, to everyone. The accomplishment of being able to be vulnerable enough to be naked. Mm. That's something that I'm grateful for. Yes. Because before to be naked, what kind of well? Naked are you well, about? I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> naked as in terms of saying open. Okay, because yes. see, Monica had yeah, y'all with titties out. Well, we gonna do that. That's see, gonna I just happen. Wanted to clarify, I'm like, what's going well, on? We've already discussed that. Okay, okay. 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 and okay. our titties sure will be out in Africa. Yes, okay. But just just in terms of naked. Yes, you know, just saying that I want to be vulnerable enough to be around people to say. Okay, I'm gonna open myself up mm -hmm. to letting you know what really what Tommy is really about. Yes. When before it was about putting on this shell and saying, when I come into your presence, this is what I want you to read. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that if you turn that thing inside out, the message would the message was different. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I am I am I'm grateful for. And, and it's an accomplishment that I feel for myself is that I allowed that thing to open up and allowed someone to say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be responsible enough to, to say, I'll help you when you do open up and I won't, you know, make you feel bad about open up, opening mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. But this has been a great process for me. Because I've been, it's been times where I'm just, when I first came in, I was like, no, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about what you working, what you struggling with, but I don't have them struggles. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. deep down inside, you you know you do. But when you start thinking about them, yeah. I, I, I think, too, that once we realize we're safe. Yeah. Because yeah. I've been knowing my husband since I was 14 years old. Yeah. And there's still times he have to tap me and say, bitch, you've been knowing me since 10th grade. What's wrong? I'm tripping, huh? Yeah, you tripping. Yeah. Because I, I, I know for me that it's a thing about feeling safe. And I've never felt safe. Right. Like, I've never felt safe with nothing and nobody till I got with my best friend. And even when we were best friends and when we were roommates and when we were brought, when we've gone through every label a relationship can go through. Look, you calling me 12 o'clock at night in your second marriage. Hey, listen, I'm over at the Motel 6 and shit. Okay, listen, if Steve call you, which is a brother, don't tell that nigga where I'm at because do he'll it. tell Mark where I'm at. I'm yeah. just telling you where I'm at just in case some shit go down. You know where I'm at. All right. I've escaped. I've escaped. And sometimes I can forget that that is the person I called up at 12 o'clock at night. I can forget that is the person that I say, yo, I'm going crazy. That's the, or the nigga that you going to knock on his door at 3 o'clock in the morning while he in the bed with his girlfriend talking about Sid. What you doing? What the fuck do you think I'm doing in here at 3 o'clock with my girlfriend? I'm asleep. I need <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning, I need to talk. Yeah, okay, I'd be out in about five minutes, and we would talk. My girlfriend would say nothing because she just knew. And sometimes you don't have to go to war to have post-traumatic stress disorder. You understand? Because this is Agent Orange I'm sitting next to right it. now. Okay? I got it. That's a code name. Agent I Orange out this motherfucker. Okay. okay? I got but it. But here's the thing. Okay? In between the mustard gas. Okay? In between the bombs and the foxhole. We done had an opportunity to live life. And you can appreciate what you're receiving sometimes until you see the flip side of it. And these are what those experiences are for. And why I've always given you kudos is because as wild as you have been, because again, this woman right here has escorted my that same young lady who I was in the bed with three o'clock in the morning. My girlfriend for five years, she had to escort our ass up out the house Good one evening. night. No. Yes, yeah, she did uh, because we broke up and I said, listen, it's time. And I said to her, I said, listen, you're yelling at me. And I'm telling you, you're going to wake Monique up. And if she come down these steps, it's going to be a problem. I ain't mad at you, see. And when she came down the steps, she wanted to slap the shit out of me because I got this look on my face like I told you with a little smile. I said, they're going things right there. I told her to go ahead. She come down with her sports, sports bra on and shoulders up, hunched up and shit with her fist balled up. Okay, looking like Joe Rock here from the Flintstones, and then escorted. I don't believe you even said shit. I just believe you just took her by the arm. Is that your shit? Come on, walk down. And it had the doors that you had to unlock it from the inside and shit with the key and shit. And then slam the door. Walk back to my room. Looked at me. Said you all right. Nigga, you and these bitches, what's wrong? <laughs> and then walk back upstairs, okay? This is who I'm married to. Okay, that's who I'm married to. Oh, that's who I'm married to. So sometimes I'm like, why am I tripping? Why am I tripping? But I think, too, what makes it easier is that we have gone through that journey. Because I don't think, as you are my third husband, my last, I don't think that a man walking in could understand it nor should he have to because it's almost a mental illness and the medication is love and how many people are going to be willing to give you that dose every four hours because there was a time when we first got together y'all I was so sick I was so sick but part of it was from individuals 
not sharing with you when you were out of pocket and because there were individuals that it's the yes crew. So whatever you want, you other alpha male and female. Don't do it. You was the alpha male and female. I'm a hermaphrodite. A hermaphrodite, (laughs) okay? You was a hermaphrodite. Somebody said go fuck yourself and you could, okay? Lord, so, I'm a whole <laughs> Okay. No, no disrespect <laughs> to them aphrodites out there. Just, okay. just, them just jokes. They say you want to treat people. Look, we ain't special. We won't be treated like everybody else, but everybody get jokes on them. So <laughs> it's like because of that and your strong personality, it's difficult for people to say what is real. However, our conversation from back in the day was don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to know. And you know me. And part of my attraction to you as a friend had always been you would say what you needed to say. The only thing that I found out later in the friendship was that you ain't want to hear the shit that needed to be said to you. And when you appreciate and acknowledge and accept that through the trials and tribulations of life, that's the shit that makes you grow. That's the, the thing that makes us be able to laugh about it now. That's the thing that the people that are listening and tuning in are able to say, well, damn, at least I'm not alone. You're not. Mm-mm. You're not alone. However, Mm-mm. in the not being alone, don't be alone in just dealing with this struggle. Be part of the group that says, I'm going to be able to receive love and I'm going to be able to give love. And you're not weak if you say you need love. You're not weak if you say you need love. You're tired. Right. Though. Yeah. You know, it's always been a thing where it's like, nigga, you need a hug? <laughs> you need a hug? Yeah. Bitch, nigga. Yes. Fork ass, you need what? a hug? <laughs> nigga, I was raised in the streets, boy. We ain't getting no goddamn hugs, mork ass. What? Hug, love. What the fuck is wrong with you, yo? Look, we about to go out here in these streets, bust these cats, nigga, and fuck a hug, nigga. I tell you what, you want a hug? I'm going to choke the shit out your ass, nigga, if you don't do it. Wait a minute now. I mean, I need some goddamn love. I'm three. Yeah, I know. Okay. Listen, I know I'm black. I know I'm black. I know I'm a male. But is it okay if I have love too? I know they have portrayed us black males as these animalistic beings who don't need love. They just need need sex. They just need (laughs) vagina. Those gorillas, they will do it. And they don't need it. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you find out that gorillas need love too. Gorillas need to be hugged and held. Gorillas need to be, listen, here. Listen, we've seen them. We've just talked about that speech. Gorillas, somebody just sent a, a, a little blurb a minute ago that says, real niggas eat pussy and suck toes. <laughs> That's true. Okay. But what did it have to do with right, <laughs> okay. this conversation? I don't know. Real niggas. But, but we seen the gorillas love up on each other. So what we saying is, if our primate brothers who share this world with us, if they need love, if they can kiss on one another. I've seen gorillas work out arguments. We've discussed it. Where the male gorilla got had to have a conversation yes. with the young gorilla in the tree because she wasn't sharing the berries with the old bitch, the first bitch. Come on. And the first bitch is like, listen, I let you into this situation. Come bitch. On. You're not going to share some of them berries? And he went up on the tree and was like, bitch, if you don't stop what you're doing and give me some of these goddamn berries, now you know she lets us fuck around and do what we give me, Give me a handful of them, and I'm going to go down here. Now... He went down there like, look, Shirley, you know this bitch be tripping. You know she be tripping. Here she gave me these to give to you. Now I'm going to suck you off. Then I'm going to have you suck me off. Then I'm going to go back in the tree because the kids is watching. Okay? So at the end of the day, you see if a goddamn gorillas could work it out. I only heard him say ooh, 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 and point and shit. And that's all. We got language and shit. We can articulate things to each other. So if they can do it, if they need it, why, why, why are we so afraid to say, I need some love, too? I could, I could assure you. LL Cool J wrote a song. I need love. Oh. Did you remember that? Yes, I do. I need, and, and that's something else, too. Because I just read what his brother wrote. 
the last women I've dated have been four black women, and each one of them had the same story. <laughs> they were either molested, abused, the daddies wasn't there. And that's why I said, I told to my daddy, I said, our stories are not unique. Most of us have the same exact story. And, and Wolf guy, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and Wolf guy says, we as humans can't work it out because of our egos. And I think you're right. And the acronyms we use for ego is expectations gone overboard. We, in our expectations of ourselves, we go overboard. We the shit, mm-hmm. okay? We the shit. But then go behind us in the bathroom. To mm. see us when we the shit. And then tell somebody to just take a sniff. No. And then you get an understanding. You ain't special. Mm-hmm. Then the shit you must have been eating was special because it was like that. Ow. Okay. When you bold enough to sit down and take a, a dump and say, that was bad. Bad. Okay. As opposed to, mmm, that smells good. It's like this is what people do on a regular basis. They intellectually think their shit smells good. We talking about it, y'all. Talking about it. Why is it so hard to be loving, to give love, and to receive love? Paint, peel, and stank. That's it. Paint, peel, and stank. Paint, peel, and stank. Why is that thing so difficult for us? And at what point are we willing to break it? At what point are we willing to break that chain? At what point are we really willing to walk in what we talk about? Because I know for me there are times when I can talk it, but when it comes time to put your shoes on and you got to say, okay, let me walk in it. Well, wait a minute, I got time up. Well, wait a minute, I need to change the laces. Well, wait a minute, I got to put on some socks. There's so many excuses we make when it's actually time to walk in it because we want to go into but. And I know, however, it's like, listen, I just say what's working for me. And what the one thing that is working for me is being accountable and responsible for my shit. Not holding anyone else responsible or accountable for Monique's shit. I can no longer hold my brother Gerald accountable. I can no longer hold my mother, my father. I can no longer hold anybody responsible or accountable for my decisions. It is up to Monique to love Monique. It is not up to, well, because Gerald did that to me, I can never love myself. Because my father really wasn't a father, I can never love myself. Fuck all of that. At this point... Tell him. At 48 years old, I'm determined, y'all, to fight for it. I'm determined to have my heaven right here. And the reason and the benefit to not holding someone else accountable for you being happy is because what you've done was you've given your responsibility to uh, to yourself for your own happiness to someone else. And when we start being accountable for our own happiness, then... Watch how things change because we're in charge. Just like we're in charge of what we eat, we're in charge of what we think. Mm. We're in charge of how we respond to how someone approaches us. We are in charge. And how we handle that is solely dependent upon us. However, before we had Monique and Sydney's open relationship, we had a show called Finding a Way to Be Unoffended. Yes. And... When we can find a way within ourselves to be unoffended by the atrocities and let's deal with them and handle them. This is not to say you let them go, but there's a way in which to deal with these things and not be offended because we realize that as long as they're people and the dynamics that we're seeing transpiring, it's because they really exist and we need to find a way in which to handle them personally as opposed to just complain about them because if we don't, we're in the same situation when we get exactly what we asked for while we still complaining. Mm. It ain't never enough. So we have to find a way to be happy when it's just us by ourselves, no one else around. Then everyone else becomes the proverbial cherry on top. We are discussing it, my babies. And we think that these are conversations <clears throat> that truly need to be discussed. And because of the feedback we've been getting and the feedback on Periscope, the feedback on Instagram, the feedback just with people walking up to me saying, oh, my God, I listen to the show. It's why it's needed. Because oftentimes we get very afraid to say what's real and what's honest. And I know for me, and this could still be a struggle for me, where if I got something to say to you, 
I want to try to figure out how to say it because I don't want it to be an argument. I don't want it to be a conflict. But it's on me. And then I feel like I'm being I'm being not a friend because I'm not saying it. So it's like that's something that I still have to work on and not feeling like you're going to be mad when I say what I say. If you are, okay, but you know I love you because that's what I had to deal with. I remember when Sis first started talking to me about this weight. And one night I was sitting at the dinner table and I had piled my plate up, right, with just and every, the family sitting at the table and he didn't say it mean, he didn't say it loud, nothing. He just looked at me and said, you're going to eat all of that? And my feelings got so hurt and I was so embarrassed and I'm looking around and I'm like, why would you say that to me in front of everybody? So I put the plate to the side and I had to walk away to get myself together. But then I realized, <clears throat> Monique, that man is trying to help you save your life. So, and then he said to me, I can deal with you being mad right now, but I'll meet you on the other side of it. So to get on the other side of it after 100 pounds gone and got a little bit of it back, but to get on the other side of it, I'm grateful that he was patient enough to say, I'll deal with you being mad because once you get to the other side. And I think that's something that I have to practice, too, with my relationships with people. I'll deal with you being mad with me right now. But I know once we get to the other side, because if you say something to me that upsets me, let me be mad. But if it's going to get me to the other side, get me there in all of my Bullshit. It's like, listen, I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stay in your face. And one of my friendships that I have is with a sister named Michelle, and we've been best friends since third grade. And when I tell you we've had them kind of conversations where she had to say to me, and I'm going to quote her, bitch, I'm going to hang up on you right now because I'm going to say some shit to you that I don't feel like fucking around and having to say I'm sorry. So bye. Okay, then. So now we don't talk for a few months. And then when we call each other back and then we really start talking, we had to say, listen here, say what you need to say. I'm going to be mad in a moment, but in them couple months, bitch, what if something would have happened to either one of us? And now we simply mad because we were saying some real shit to each other, but neither one of our egos could take it at the time. So I'm going to make a promise to me with every relationship that I have. If it's something that I need to say, I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it with all the intention of nothing but love. I have to work on my delivery because sometimes I can be just like, and I have to work on that. Okay, <laughs> Like a dungeon dragon. Yeah. So, but for all of y'all too, if you're in those real relationships, the real ones, I'm talking about that's really your girl or that's really your boy or your family and you got to put some shit on the table and they can look at you and say, I don't believe you said that shit. I don't either. But is it going to make us better? I don't either. I don't believe you just said that shit to me. But is it going to make me better? Is it going to make our friendship and our relationship stronger? Because I don't want to get to 80. As I know some 80-year-old women that's sitting right there in so much goddamn misery and pain, and they can't even muster up a smile. I've been to those nursing homes, and they didn't just get like that. That shit, they've been walking in that. They can go back to their childhood. So just a promise for me and for people that deal with me. You got something to say, say it. And let's deal with it. And, and let's work through it. And, and be able to receive it when it's said to you. And be able to give it tenderly and decently. And think about how... <laughs> the funniest thing is when you bring something to an individual and they are beefing about what you brought to them. And then you say... Well, tell me what's the best way to approach you with it because it needs to be discussed. And then they say, I don't know. And then as I've looked at my lovely wife and have said, well, how do you ridicule my approach when you have not one to offer? And I try to say it poetically like that, almost Shakespearean-like. How can you, just to let her know how ridiculously Gentle, I'm trying to be, and then I put my my finger, my 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 my, my foot up. No, no, no finger. I'm sorry, my foot up. He's <laughs> like, nigga, where you going with that one? <laughs> and I put my then I put my foot up. Then I put my foot up and put a rose in my mouth and say, did I say it nice to you that way? And she like, hell no. Well, listen, 
I'm going to still be here when you stop getting mad. But at the end of the day, if you don't know the best way to approach you, how do you think someone else is going to know? And you should think about that. How? What's the best way to approach you? So when your mate says, well, how do I address you on this? How do we discuss it? Because it needs to be discussed. But again, the world that we live in, and I don't think it's just specific to the black community. I think the world that we live in, we're filled with secrets, we're filled with embarrassment, and we're filled with the inability to say, I don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but be honest enough to convey your thoughts and feelings because your existence for this finite moment is too important for you not to reveal it for the fear of embarrassment. Because the moment you start your transition, you're going to be like, why the fuck did I not be who I was? If you have consciousness left of what you're about to leave behind, you'll say, why did I not be me for the time in which I could have been? Do not let other people, do not let other people Stop you from being the loving person that you were meant to be. If you feel that inside of you and you want to give it, you want to receive it, then it's yours to give. It's yours to receive. But don't let the fear of being vulnerable affect you from receiving and or giving that. Mm, we talked about it, y'all. We talked about it. Put it out there. Put it here. Come now, on. Say it. I know y'all a couple, but I'm single. Come okay, on. and I'm working on some things, and I'm making sure that I could be able to be right to mingle. Tell them. Okay. Y'all hear that out there now? <laughs> Talk to them. Tell putting it out there now. Yeah, and I'm just advertising. Just I'm advertising. We're going to turn the bit. Hold up, Tommy. Now, come on over here. Now, let me see what you're working with. See what you're okay. working with. She's fixing look her hand now. Look, look, look. And now. you heard her earlier saying she's trying to get naked. to a place to get naked. <laughs> so check it. Naked as I come. Come on, <laughs> man. <laughs> actually going through something as we were discussing it and I think that his mom is um he said his mom was on her deathbed and wanted to know if we could give her a shout out and that would mean a lot to her. Much so, love brother. Yeah to TJ's mommy baby come on. Much love much love and listen as hard as it is everything happens for a reason and she can make it through it and no matter what she gonna make it through it. No matter what we gonna all make it through it. The question is, how are we gonna make it through it? How are we gonna make it through? How are we gonna do it? Well, y'all, we had an amazing time today. I told my daddy, I said, I'm so excited about the show because I think it's conversations that we really need to have so we can just stop hurting in such a way that we're too afraid to say out loud, I'm dealing with some shit. So when you come to play.it and you click on Monique and Sydney's open relationship, we really hope that some of these conversations can help you to consider it a different way. Right. There it is. Okay. And if y'all are in Kansas City this weekend coming up, we're going to be at the Improv Comedy Club Friday and Saturday. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Come on out and let's laugh, baby. Kansas City, here I come. Oh, they don't want it. What they want to do with it. Okay. So we want to thank each and every one of you for listening, baby. And share it with a friend. And let them share it with another friend. What was today's scripture today, Tommy? Today's scripture was kindness. Kindness. On purpose. Okay, there we go. So, uh, as my daddy says, the mind is like a parachute. It's a bitch if it ain't open. You know, daddy, that's that. Is that what we say? Okay. Is that what? But, but I that, like that's it. what I was going to say. But that's what we going to say with if it. If you jump out the plane and your parachute don't open, would you say at the very least that would be a bitch? That would be a bitch. That'd be about a bitch. Come on, dad. So the mind is like a parachute. It's, it's a, a bitch, bitch if, if it don't, don't open. open. We love y'all. And who are you? My name is Monique. And I'm Sydney. And this is Monique and Sydney's open relationship. We love y'all. For free. Mwah.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.